Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, moving on to something quite different. Joy Milne's husband, Les, passed away from Parkinson's. But here's the odd thing. Joy knew something was wrong 12 years before he was diagnosed because she could smell it from him. This is a new and promising area of research. Tests are also being carried out to see can dogs smell cancer and work has been carried out with Joy too. Uh, At the University of Manchester, a prototype test for Parkinson's has been developed which uses just a cotton bud. Joy, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, Could I start by asking you about your ability? Like, have you always had a a very extreme sense of smell? My grandmother had it and she passed it to all three of us, my two sisters as well. But they didn't do, it's called um, hereditary hyperosmia. But they didn't do nursing in open nightingale wards with you know, washing bedpans and open sputum mugs. And I acquired this medical olfactory library. Yeah. And so, so when you, you have an acute sense of smell, like, is that if, if you go, if you go to Tesco, you can smell everything in the shop? And, you know, do, how, how much do, do these smell oh, the same? aisles I can't go in now. Oh, really? Yeah. The ones with the chemicals, I can't go in them. Because it's just, it's just too strong for you. It's too strong. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the same? Is it the same for your sense of taste, or is it just uh, just smells? No, it's taste as well. It's yeah. just taste as well. Okay. I can mm, uh, nice curry, uh, superb. You know, choose your spices and <laughs> yes, yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, okay, all right. But then, presumably, there are things you really don't want to eat. Then, oh yes, uh-huh. yes, there are. Uh, <laughs> I am not a sweet, we were speaking about marzipan and uh, icing, I, I am not a sweet person at all. I do not like the taste of yeah. sweet stuff. Okay, that's so interesting. So so when you first met uh, uh, Les, I assume he had a, a particular odour then and then you noticed at some point it had changed. Oh, he was athletic. He was an international swimmer, actually. He swam for Scotland and Britain. Mm. Um, he had a lovely male musk smell. Uh, and so, and yeah. 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 And, and At so 31, that, it changed. Yeah, and was that a gradual change or was it a kind of a woke up one morning and noticed it? No, I had smelt it on and off since he was a bit younger, but it just passed. And I, he was a consultant anaesthetist, and then they didn't have the same airflow, uh, release of airflow in uh, theatres. It was a closed environment. And I just thought, oh, well, it's just you know, theatre. Mm. It's just an operation he's done or you know, something like that. Uh, but no, it was obviously not that. When he eventually got the diagnosis, did did you make the connection immediately between that diagnosis and, and his own? No. No, I didn't. It wasn't until he had to retire when he was 50 because he could no longer hit the veins with the... with the, the He only had a small tremor, but he did have a tremor. He couldn't hit the veins and he was too tired. He couldn't do the full lists. So he uh, we retired back up to Scotland, went to our first Parkinson's UK meeting in the Gateway down in Perth and... My head bobbed up as soon as I walked into the room. Mm. And I just stood there. I thought, wow, this is really strong, this smell. And I looked at Les as if to say, well, how, what on earth happened? You weren't smelling like that in the car. Yes. <laughs> 
No, it, I, when I got him home, I sat him down and said, now, listen carefully. <laughs> All those people in that room smelt the same as you. And his reply was, what are you talking about? And I said to him, look, the smell, remember? You were annoyed with me for nagging about it, you know, so <laughs> all those years ago. He said, yeah. oh, right, okay. <laughs> That's so interesting. And so, I mean, that, this is a conversation between the two of you, uh, and you're both uh, uh, um, both medical professionals. So I, it, what, had anyone before ever even conjectured about a link between um, uh, odour and Parkinson's? Well, very strangely, people who were families were smelling it, but they didn't make the connection. Many, many people have contacted me since the the, uh, research started six years ago, and they knew about it, but they didn't link it to the actual disease. Mm. I was the strange person who stood up at a meeting and said, why are we not using the smell of Parkinson's to diagnose it earlier? And that was taken seriously, obviously. Not at first. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. uh, um, Tilo doubted me and Perdi doubted me, but they soon realised. We did a proof of concept and I pre-diagnosed somebody in the proof of concept with the T-shirts. Yes. Tell us about that um, T-shirts test that you did. Yeah, there were were, uh, 12 T-shirts, so I had uh, 24 samples. And I was quite definite about this these two half T-shirts. Um, and when we... I, just for interest, I tried to put them all back together again, and I did manage it. All these half randomised half T-shirts in different bags, I put the people back together again. And these two, I didn't let go of. And Tilo, as Tilo said, I argued about it. I did argue about it. I said, no, this man, if he has Parkinson's. And he said, no, he's in the control. <laughs> Nine months later... He turned up and said to Tilo, well, what did she say? And he had to tell him. Yes, he did. And actually he had just been diagnosed. My word. OK, so that that's a fairly impressive proof of concept. Uh, how did they move it ahead then after that? Uh, for uh, instance, what do they think actually creates the smell? Well, Tilo spoke to a um, biotechnologist. Uh, she wasn't a professor then, but uh, Professor Petita Barn, as she is now, um, and she had moved to Manchester by then. So I bobbed down to Manchester and um, she did some more testing. And uh, yes, she realised that um, it was real. I, the smell was connected. However, Tilo went back and did research. And this was mentioned in 1927 in a paper by a Dr. David Creston. Hmm. And it had been buried. That's extraordinary. Nearly 100 years ago. Yes. Yeah. And so have they kind of identified or do they have a a good guess as to what, is there a substance created by having Parkinson's that creates the odour? It's the volatiles. All smells are made up of volatiles, mm. which we different, different. some of them are heavier, some of them are lighter, um, and there is an international scale. And one of the biggest advances in the research was a company in Cambridge, Anatune, introduced the dual port, where 50% of the vol- volatiles went to, through the machine, but 50% came to me. And there are photographs of me on the machine with the mask. 
and I have a clicker and a voice piece. And I was describing, because the machine wasn't going to describe it, I was describing what the volatiles were and what they were going through. And I have never failed to get a sort of shiver when the two graphs are put together. I am four seconds slower than the machine because it has to go from my brain to my finger. Yeah, that is extraordinary. And so from that, as I understand, they, they do have a kind of a prototype test now. Yes. Yes, we are going to um, go forward with this in Manchester to start off with um, because it isn't difficult. It's a Q-tip. It has a container. They take it out, rub it on the back, put it back in the Q-tip and send it to be tested. And the test takes three minutes. Okay, that would uh, that would be an extraordinary step forward. Of course, it's not a cure for Parkinson's, but getting that early diagnosis... I assume will make a huge difference to people's lives. Well, uh, in our case, I know myself and I've spoken to other people about it. There are 10 to 15 years of prodromal disease. That is a disease that is hidden. You know, that our, neurology diagnosed about 50% damage and that is on the Parkinson's UK site. Mm. Um, what happens before the 50% is quite incredible. There's a change in people's characters. They have problems with, they've lost their sense of smell. They have problems with constipation. They've already got problems, some of them, with cognition. So it isn't fair. I don't think it's fair. We need to be diagnosing it earlier. Mm. I mean, exercise is a superb. Uh, It will slow the disease down. Uh, yes, one imagines so. Now, does this also um, uh, hold out uh, the prospects, um, Joy, of, of being able to uh, diagnose other ailments this way? Yes, I have already started with TB. Um, we were approached by a popo, which is a capital A-P-O-P-O. And if you put in, uh, put that in you know, your computer and go down the page a bit, you will see the smell conference I have just lectured at about three months ago. And um, it's very interesting. They use the great African pouch rat. And uh, on average, I, <laughs> the testing we've done, I score better than the rats. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, good for you. <laughs> uh, so, so, yes. Yeah. Oh, so well, well, I would I imagine it's not a limitless amount of diseases you might be able to small, but probably a considerable list of diseases uh, potentially. Well, remember what I said at the beginning. I worked in Nightingale wards, and I used to go up to diabetic patients and say, "How are you? Are you feeling all right?" Because I could smell the ketones. I could smell they were going off. Yeah, the diabetes wasn't right, but I couldn't. My grandmother taught me that I could not use it then. Okay, why, why did she tell you that? Because of how people would look at it. And we're, I'm 72. We're speaking 50 years ago. This yeah. wasn't, you know, and I sometimes um, start my lectures by saying, well, I'm very pleased to be here to lecture with you today because I'm sure several of my relatives were burnt at stake. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, that is true. That is so true. I know what you mean. Though, though as you go around the world, Joy, and, and, and you know, you're walking down the street, I, I assume you're kind of being assailed by smells over the... Like, have you figured out a way of kind of almost mentally filtering it out so you're not too distracted by things? 
Well, there's something that COVID did for me was I, I, I learned to make these double masks with a, a filter in them. And I do have to wear a mask these days. It is getting more acute mm. as I get older. Really? And um, to go into a supermarket or a large cloud, crowd, I have to wear a mask. Yeah. Do you think you would have been able to smell COVID, actually? I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, because I did interview a a chap during the height of the pandemic and they were working on some sort of device that could do just that. So uh, um, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Professor Perdita Barn did. Um, she was part of a, a research cohort that, in actual fact, used the very, a very similar testing to what we're doing now to detect COVID. Wow. And, and the smell of Parkinson's or TB or COVID or whatever, are those smells unpleasant? Can you, know, can you describe them? Uh, diabetes can smell quite sweet with the disease. Mm. Yes, volatiles behind it. But no, the others are unpleasant. Yeah. Yes. I think people, um, we've had people contact us, carers and their children, and have said, yes, it is a smell that stays. It, because it's sebum at the back of the neck, you know, the babies are covered when, when they're born. And um, when you're a teenager, you hate, you hate it because it gives you all the spots. Mm. But uh, yes, it sticks to clothes. It, it doesn't disappear. Yeah. You must really hate smokers then. You just be able to smell that Terrible. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I'm afraid that's one of the things that, um, yes, I get caught with. Uh, people will pass me and go, oh, a smoker. And it, it, it's just one of these things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do you have a favourite smell? Oh, I like oranges and lemons and uh, uh, roses. Yes. Yeah. I don't Those three are... Uh, fruits and vegetables are quite... Pleasant, really pleasant to me. There are some vegetables, I must admit, that aren't as pleasant, but the, you know, like a cucumber. A cucumber has a lovely smell. A carrot has a delicious smell. Hmm. Joy, <laughs> uh, no, it really is extraordinary talking to you, and thank you so much for uh, doing so today, and uh, keep up the good work uh, with that research. Uh, that was Joy Milne there. Uh, you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. I'm going to take a break. After that, Ireland's new trains. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.